Anything fun happened since we last recorded? Danny got her first uh, vaccine shot. You did? Jana did. Okay. Since she did. Nice. Has she uh, turned into a zombie yet? <laughs> now the yes. government's tracking her. Yeah, you got that microchip. <laughs> <laughs> No, she just said it hurt really bad, like a tetanus shot. Like it was just really sore in her arm. Mm. Uh, is uh, did she have the symptoms the day after or whatever? No, the sore arm was the only thing. They actually gave her like a breakdown that showed like when they did the studies, how frequently people experience different symptoms, and like. The other symptoms were actually like pretty low percentage of the time, but like sore arm was ninety five percent of the time. Really? All right. Sean, you got some movies in the queue to suggest for next month? Yeah, I think so. I, I yeah, I came up with ideas like a month ago and now that it's the day of I'm starting to second guess myself. But we can talk <laughs> about that when we get there. Well, I went to the library last week and I got Cats the musical oh, oh no. And it was amazing. <laughs> like it was so hard. It was like the hardest thing I've ever had to do and I forced myself to do it. <laughs> Just watch it. I watched, I watched the first 20 minutes by myself after Rachel went to sleep because she would sleep like at 8.30 one night and I'd go to 9 o'clock and like, I'm not going to sleep right now. And and then, then she finished it, but she was like half watching on her phone. And at the very end, like they talk about like sincere felinity or something like that where like these cats are like feline, jellical cats. And we both just start laughing so much like it was pent up frustration and awkwardness and like it was it was a good release what does jellicle mean i only know it as it's like a word from cats i does it mean something they never explained it i mean every cat is a jellicle cat and then it goes through each cat and every cat has its song to introduce themselves and and then um Dame Judy Dench gets to choose who's the most jellical. And then they get to go to another world. <laughs> what? Sounds like a cult. There's Ian McKellen. Gandalf was there. Judy Dench was there. Idris Elba was there. All dressed up in cats and dancing around. It was Jason Lulo, right? That's right. Yeah. And uh Jennifer Hudson, she sang really well. Taylor Swift. <laughs> Rebel Wilson. Who else? James Corden. <laughs> and Rachel's like, you should make everybody watch this. <laughs> I won't come that month. Yeah, that's the month where movie club is just you by yourself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
you want this to keep going, right, Trav? Or do you just want it to end with you? Well, we got another several months before it's my suggestion again. Ah, that's true. Well, maybe. Is Will and Paul going to join us? Do you know? I don't know. Paul's got a lot going on, so I don't... I haven't texted him today, though. Texting Will. Well, yeah, I don't know. We can we can start discussing, and they can join. They know what time it starts, and everyone has busy lives, right? Not me. <laughs> Not me. <laughs> this is what I live for. Oh man, so me and Sean do like the the Chad and Sean is listening to podcast series, and we listen to all of uh, Weezer twice, and then we listen to all of Modest Mouse, and now we're listening to all of Mason Jennings. Nice, and it's some of those albums are pretty painful. <laughs> uh-huh. I just got to the point where. I feel like Samwise Gamgee. The next Mason Jennings album will be the furthest into his discography I've ever gotten. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I, I love Mason Jennings. Well, I did when there was like four albums, but I haven't. Uh-huh. Is there more than that now? <laughs> yeah. Those first four hold up, and they're uh-huh. so good. Yeah. And 2009-2010 was a rough year. For Mason Jennings. <laughs> I don't know what the rest of the albums are hold, but you'll hear about that when we record sometime in the future. <laughs> <coughs> All right. So should we start by watching the trailer or should we just start by saying why I chose this? How do we normally start? I don't remember. It's been too long. It feels it's like it's been more than a month. It's been too long since I watched the movie because you guys warned me that I was leaving, and uh-huh. and now it's been like a long time. Yep. I'm All right, let's do the notes on this one. Let's do the the trailer then. Yes. Yeah, let's watch the trailer. Ring some bells. Am I doing it again? Yeah, do it. You're the host. All right. He's running for his life. Hold it, Harry Palmer. Remember him in the press file? Now Harry's in Berlin, with the wall between him and his next perilous assignment. Harry's arranging a funeral in Berlin. He just hopes it won't be his. to defect. Will you cooperate? Information? Yes. I'll tell them that you talk well 
and lie badly. Harry Palmer's back and in dead trouble again. Horn rims, cockney wit, iron fist. Where's Bunker? He's going over the wall. He's a peaceful kind of guy, really. He just likes a little peace and quiet. Tell Ross uh, I'll be late. You're useless in the kitchen. Why don't you go back to bed? Remember Ross of the Foreign Office? You bungled the rest of it. Get rid of him. Pardon? Kill him. I have orders to kill you. What are you going to do about it? Vulcan. Keep your eyes on him. And on her. She's in his trade. And right now she's giving him the business. We want that money. We mean to get those papers. Even if we have to kill you for them. Even his best friends want to kill him. Guten Abend. Guten Abend. Now, that's an ugly customer. <laughs> but here's a beauty. I like England. England likes you. Girls always make passes at spies who wear glasses. <laughs> Funeral in Berlin. City of a thousand shocks. Follow the people who follow Harry Palmer. Don't let them out of your sight. Not for a minute, not for a second. You bastard! You... Get him out of here, come on. You too, come on. Come on! Look out, Harry! Just a few spoilers. Jeez. Yeah. Uh-huh. That trailer, I wrote it down, gave way too much away. <laughs> the trailer's longer than the movie. <laughs> I've never seen that trailer. So, yeah, it was a good reminder of, like, oh, yeah, I remember that. I remember that. <laughs> and, like, there's making spies in glasses. I've never heard of that before. <laughs> What's that? I loved it. He's a peaceful kind of story. He just, like... A piece. <laughs> piece. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Uh, I love it. So I chose this movie because I love Cold War spy movies. And I love East-West Berlin. Like, the differences between those. I also love books about that. And this is written by Lynn Dighton, who I've listened to several audiobooks. I listened to like the Game Set Match series, and that's set in Berlin too, mostly. But this is the the Ipcris file, or Ipcris file. I've seen that movie, and it's the first of this series, and it's not as good. And it's got some weird like brainwashing stuff. But Funeral in Berlin is great. (laughs) Okay. Chad. It's got the same producer. Same producer as as James Bond. So it's got Harry Saltzman. It doesn't have Cubby Broccoli, though. So it's kind of got like the same feel as like a Roger Moore. But Michael Caine is more like a down-to-earth Cockney British. Just a regular-looking guy. And he's a ladies' man, but he knows that he's not that good-looking. 
So he's like all suspicious of that girl that likes him. She's like, <laughs> that was great. Like James Bond would never like be suspicious of a girl that likes him. It'd be no. of course girls like me. I'm James Bond. <laughs> oh man. And it was like slow moving and the, it's just classic 60s. I loved it. I was watching it just so laughing to myself. <laughs> growing weeds in an English garden. And then it comes back with a callback, like English prefer weeds. Yes. Classic. It's like this person you're talking to doesn't understand that reference. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. And then he just like, like creepily stares at girls, but it's cool and not creepy. <laughs> like this model walks past and he just like stares at her the whole way. <laughs> Unabashedly. Um... They even included his misogyny in the trailer. They're like, the youth was in the kitchen. <laughs> he shows up to work. He's like, good good morning. He's like, you mean good afternoon? He's like, oh, yep. He's just showing up late to work. But I mean, in the first movie, he was really loyal. And um, he could have killed his boss, but he killed the, the bad guy instead. So his boss like owes him his life, but then the boss is still a jerk in the movie. <laughs> That's fun. That's fun, guys. Mayor, did you like they it? They referenced that in the movie, didn't they? Like, why why do you stick with this guy? Loyalty. Loyalty. Uh, Chad, I got a question for you. Yeah, I feel like you you've watched more movies than I've even known existed you're way into this genre right yeah it's a great genre <laughs> and so you're like waist deep in all these movies and this is the one that you pick mm -hmm. yeah is, is that what you're telling me this is a good one is this like the pinnacle of this genre is that what you're telling me uh i wouldn't say one's better than the other <laughs> <laughs> They're all great in their own ways. This is the pinnacle of 1966 Michael Caine as Harry Palmer. <laughs> so I think right. Jason really liked it. Really liked it. I, 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 yeah. Did you I watch it with Karen's? Uh, no, Karen, Karen was busy that night. I had to watch it that stinking night and get it done. That's right. So so no, she, she wasn't able to. I also watched Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy with like that weekend too <laughs> before the before the new year's was it before christmas or before before new year's i think it was before new year's yeah so it's only been like two weeks or so right hasn't been that long anthony it feels really long <laughs> <laughs> yeah i liked it and i thought i wanted to share it with everybody I appreciate you sharing it with me, Chad. And then I started to watch um, Her Majesty's Secret Service or Her Majesty's Secret Service with, um, oh, that one James Bond that only did James Bond one time. Oh, shoot. Can't remember his name. But they ripped off a bunch of things from this movie or else this movie ripped off of that. No, that's... The James Bond was made after this, so like the bucket escape. That was fun. 
The bucket escape was cool. Yeah, I'd like to do that someday. That was pretty cool. <laughs> I like how the trailer made it seem like he was in the bucket and not just some rando. Uh-huh. It's not yeah. some random musician that he's he complains about and it's just some throwaway <laughs> yeah. line. Yeah. It's on Her Majesty's Secret Service, 1969. So yeah, that was three years later and they used a bunch of the same tropes. Hmm. It was it's not good, by the way. That's <laughs> it's don't so you don't have to watch that movie. I don't recommend it. It's George Lazenby. That's right. I meant to look up like what the most daring escapes from one country to another are like what the trickiest ways that people did that were. I didn't do it though. <laughs> like if this was a realistic scenario in any way. Yeah, this made me realize I don't know very much about Cold War history. I guess I know more about Cold War history than I do about the Hasidic Jewish community. So it's different than that one, but yeah. Well, Berlin was crazy because Berlin is in East Germany. So it's surrounded by East Germany. And then just half of it is open to the West. And then there's sections of the West that are like the U.S. US section and the English section. And it's divided up between the allies. But it's crazy that they can have this Western city in the middle of East Berlin or East Germany. And then they put a wall through it, and then there's all these like escapes through the wall. <clears throat> there's a lot about this movie that I don't understand, and I don't expect to. It's just like good entertainment. Like, how did those, like, uh, the Jewish, or not Jewish, the, Isra- the Israelis know that Harry Palmer was going to have those papers, how he was going to meet Colonel Stock and get the papers that they wanted. Like, I don't know. I don't know how this kind of thing happened. Like, why were those Israeli spies following Harry Palmer anyways? I assumed it was the way that you do any sort of, like, like intelligence gathering where you just put out a bunch of feelers and hope that that something ends up being useful. Because she had, like, a longer list of people, right? Yeah. And the... And the guy that he had to connect with ended up just being one person on this longer list. So, so well, they're just that, trying. To... There's that bad guy that was inside the Secret Service that worked with Harry Palmer that grabbed those specific papers because there was there were millions of dollars tied to his name and they wanted to get that out of a Swiss bank. But how did the Israelis know that they were going to grab that specific name. There's just questions. I'm wondering if they were figuring, if they had figured out that the guy Harry was working with, I forget his name, um, his friend. Vulcan or whatever. Vulcan. If they if they had started to piece together that Vulcan is, is knows information on this guy or is that guy in the end. Yeah. So I'm wondering, maybe... Maybe they saw Harry hanging out with Vulcan, and they're like, okay, well, we got to pay attention to this guy, too. Yeah, that's true. I also feel like there was some kind of strange editing in this movie. Like, there were scenes that ended before I expected them to end, especially when, like, 
it seemed like things were going to get hot and heavy with one of the girls or whatever. So maybe it was for content. But I wonder if there was information in some of those scenes that just didn't make Final Cut. Yeah, maybe. And I haven't listened what? to the audiobook of this. I listened to the audiobook of the Icarus File and some other Lynn Dightons. But I never listened to this. I just stuck with the movie. So I didn't do any deep dives on the actual real story. That's better left a mystery, I guess. It was great. I mean, he goes to this girl's party, and the party happens just to be at her apartment, and just them drinking. And then they kiss, and then there's another shot of him leaving in the morning. And then he yeah. goes back the other day, and then they kiss, and then another shot of leaving in the morning. It's hilarious. Yeah. It was great. I was laughing. I like how the that girl who literally was in the other... the Well, there's only... There's three girls, right? Three women. Uh, two of them have like five seconds in the movie, but they both made the trailer. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> what was up with the girl at the very beginning? Like, is that supposed to be his girlfriend or his wife? I'm like, who is this person? And then she just was never in the movie again. Like, yeah, they just wanted I, to show some nice legs. So I, I was expecting like some like subplot of like him cheating on, like choosing to make these decisions. To, for for the for his country to cheat on her or some nonsense like that. But no, <laughs> no, it's, it's just, never spoken of again. Just some throwaway lines there, the best. Just some legs. Well, and I mean, I think that establishes him as like not usually caring very much, like who who he sleeps with, like um, because doesn't he, he interact with like a secretary or something briefly and. She has like some sort of question, the same way that uh, Money Penny always does in James Bond movies. Like, oh, who's this other girl? Like, basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I that. Mm, yeah. <laughs> I, I mm, yeah. I'll wait till my until it's my turn. Is that bugs? But that's like one of the things. It's like, what with. Are you just ripping them off? Are you doing your own thing? Like, come on, make up your mind. He did make up his mind. Yeah, it was great. <clears throat> well, and like, and then that he he ends up sort of like showing slightly deeper feelings for the Israeli spy. Like, seems to like be suggestive of something. Yeah, he wanted to yeah. save her. Well, he saved the papers for her. And then got wrongfully accused for killing her friend because he was going to give her the Vulcan's papers flowers. or whatever. And then he shows the up flowers. and dead. The flowers, yep. He punches and she that made guy. it. She gave that big speech about uh, her love for him or something. Uh-huh. Some she nonsense. was in love with him. That was so great. Oh, yeah. And then she's like, are you anti-Semitic? And he's like, no, only anti-husband. Oh, so good. <laughs> I just love the, uh, what was it? I'll look at some of the notes that I have. Oh, yeah, how they like did the stark differences between East Berlin and West Berlin. That was cool. At the start, it's all like jazzy music and everything's like a party in West Berlin and then just like this dirge song going on in deserted streets and communist block housing or whatever it is as if no one ever went outside uh-huh. <laughs> like, 
no one ever even left their apartment apparently <laughs> well yeah but i mean they had to film it sometime when it was deserted and like it was fun there was like a little documentary or just like a 10 minute documentary on how they filmed some of the scenes and like him mm. walking towards the gate at checkpoint charlie that was they set up some cameras far away zoomed way in and had him really walk towards the, the East Berlin in Checkpoint Charlie. And he's like, that was terrifying. Those were real guards. They weren't actors. <laughs> I mean, this has been the middle of the Cold War, and they're making a Cold War movie in Berlin. That's got to be terrifying. Yeah. Because this stuff really happened with people getting kidnapped and murdered and smuggled across. Yeah, no I was wondering places stand in for it. But so what was that? Normally, you would have others like another city stand in. Yeah. I was wondering, like, how much of it was like them filming some, you know, West Berlin ghetto versus the East Berlin ghetto or whatever, and how much of it was like them operating a crane of you know, above the wall just so they could get some of those shots, you know? I, I, I wonder how much of it was what, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, and I wonder if they would ever be tempted to use that crane to rescue a piano player from the <laughs> other side of the wall. During film production? Uh-huh. While they're laying landmines? <laughs> oh, no, is that Anthony? <laughs> yep, Will said he's not coming. Okay. So they put the crane in for His Majesty's, on His Majesty's Secret Service, Her Majesty's Secret Service. They put like a decoder machine in a crane and rose it to like the floor where James Bond was. And he just went on the balcony, grabbed this decoder machine and decoded some safe or whatever and then put it back in the crane. So it was a really lazy use of the crane, but this was a way cooler use. Yeah. And I like how his name wanted to be Rock Hunter. <laughs> that was an awesome name. And uh, then I like how they're walking around the, the airports carrying their suitcases because suitcases didn't have wheels and little things that like rose up to pull them along. Like, why wasn't that an invention a long time ago? Can you imagine like yeah. traveling carrying suitcases around? It's kind of like looking at old, like going to school or elementary school or junior high in the 50s and they have like belts around their books instead of backpacks and these guys are idiots or a backpack (laughs) (laughs) and he just stares at girls and there's one point that they're in like a police station or something and there's this non-stop elevator that he has to step into yeah that was cool that was crazy yeah. Can you imagine that? I'd be terrified. That was cool. <laughs> you have to wait till the right time and hurry and jump in, and then you have to jump out. <laughs> yeah, what happens at the top? <laughs> I know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how it works. What do they call those? Oh, yeah. And then, like, when she gets burgled, he comes into her apartment. And it's like the worst acting. It's like, you've been burgled. <laughs> it looks like you've been bur- Like, I wonder who burgled you. 
And then I also had a note saying, why don't I have 60 styles pajamas? Because of I saw some like pajamas that he was wearing and I wanted them. Oh yeah, didn't when when his when his like connection or his friend was like going through her stuff and they're going in, didn't he like ring the doorbell? Uh-huh. Ring the bubble. Yeah. Like come on, you both know each other are spies. Like it's like a dead giveaway that you're doing something. <laughs> that you're warning your burglar. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and then it's a classic nineteen sixties spy thing to to make spies be homosexual and that's a derogatory thing. So in The Spy Who Comes In From the Cold, which is probably a better movie, but it's like more depressing. Um it has like What's his face? Uh, or some guy that the main spy makes fun of. And he's gay. And then this time, the bad guy spy is dressed up in like those Chinese clothes and he's all effeminate and kind of flirty. It's just a trope in 1960s spy movies to make like a bad, sky, a bad spy. What are you talking about? Where talking? did that? What part of the movie was that? He goes to get papers and it's like. The code word is like something about a missing cat, and the guy comes out in like a in a Chinese type of gown. He's in the basement. The guy that give him like the papers or the material or whatever. Yeah, the guy was giving oh, that, making him a passport. Uh, okay, I didn't know. I didn't. It's the same okay. guy. <laughs> yeah, no, just... I no, I get it, but I didn't. Maybe I don't remember the gay part. But okay. Oh, one thing I do remember about that scene was. Uh, he asked him for where is it at? He asked him for uh, the meter to pay the meter. What the heck meter is he paying inside his own apartment? I didn't understand. Yeah, that at all. the gas meter. Is that what it is? Yeah, I guess. And, and you're like, you, you put coins in a gas meter own... inside your own house, and then like the know. gas man comes and collects the coins. Weird. That's a crazy way to pay your utilities. <laughs> I forgot about that part. Did you watch it with anybody, Sean, or just yourself? Did Carrie watch it? I just it? watched it by myself at the 11th hour right before it was going to get removed. <laughs> so I honestly don't remember a lot of these details you guys are bringing up. <laughs> yeah, next time we'll have to choose one that you have to buy. It'd be fun to go to a theater windows open I was driving yep. through Salt Lake last week and I thought of you Anthony and then I was driving through Utah County and it was so smoggy and gross and I thought of you Jason <laughs> it was on Monday I was driving home I went up there last week for a funeral Rachel's grandpa died he was 99 mm. his funeral in Preston uh, that's where Karen's, some of Karen's family is, up in Preston, Idaho. So the only time I went to Preston was for a funeral. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Did you go visit the Napoleon Dynamite house? Mm-mm. Would have been good. Who else has notes? I don't have very many but th- so this was my first 
Michael Caine movie where he's not like an old man in a Christopher Nolan movie. So it was really cool to see him kind of in his prime. Like he was really charming and charismatic and I really liked him. I want to see more young Michael Caine movies. Um, That was fun about, he he mentioned getting his Batman suit. And uh like 40 years later, he's going to be in Batman as Alfred. Yeah. (laughs) That was fun. Um, Besides that, like Jason, like I'm not really too into the spy genre like i don't not like it it's just not something i seek out so besides this i'd only ever seen like a handful of bond movies and like the manchurian candidate and like a couple of the other major ones but this one was fun like it was good like i don't know i'm still not sold like i'm not gonna go watch every spy movie but like i'm i'm glad i watched it Uh, Um, if you haven't seen tinker taylor soldier spy that that one's on my list for sure i'm gonna watch that one it's not only is it like the plotting really interesting, the, just it's really wonderfully shot, um, and the acting is so good. In the, movie. the hairdos are the worst, though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what they did with Benedict Cumberbatch's hair and Tom Hardy's hair. What were they? Oh man, the hairdos are the worst. <laughs> I mean, that's a more contemporary film, uh, but there, there they have like the the trope of the gay spy a couple of times, but mm-hmm. they're not necessarily the bad guys. Yeah. Um, so I also put that um, I liked the twist where they killed the bad guy from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory when he was the one that was in the coffin. Mm-hmm. Um, I like, I knew there was going to be a twist. I knew it wasn't going to be what, what they set up, but I didn't know what it was going to be. And I was genuinely surprised when it was he, him that was the one in the coffin. I thought that was really cool. Um, besides that one, here's what I wrote. I, I put besides that one, most of the twist and plot development felt pretty by the book. Not bad, but it didn't wow me. And I demand to be wowed. So <laughs> I guess I wrote that two weeks ago. <laughs> um. And I also wrote, I feel like any spy that plays it fast and loose, like in this movie or Bond, would be immediately fired and probably sent to jail. <laughs> That's the end of my list. Yeah. yeah. I like it. It's a fun I, ending I, where, like, he tricks Vulcan into putting on his jacket because he thinks that all his backup is there and not the Israelis that want to kill him. So he's like, these, these Israelis want to kill Harry Palmer. And so they switch clothes so the Vulcan wears Harry Palmer's jacket. And then he goes out there and he's like, stop. And it's all the Israelis. And so they just shoot him. She commands that her friends kill Harry Palmer, who she thinks is Harry Palmer. And then at the very end, he like tells her that the paperwork is in the jacket and it's hers and she can take it. And that's the end of their romance because he just saw her like command her Israeli friends to kill him. You can't you can't move past that. <laughs> I I really like the idea the trope of of the spy who seems completely unprincipled but like deep down is like completely principled. Like so he plays fast and loose but it's always for like the higher cause. Mm-hmm. Oh, another trope is in Germany, um, going to like bars where there's drag queens and cross dressers. 
Yeah. That's in a lot. I guess that was a popular thing in the Cold War Berlin or something, because that's in a lot of uh, spy movies and books, interestingly. <laughs> I, I think it's so interesting, the depiction of uh, East and West uh, Berlin, uh, because on one level, it's like just this like propaganda, like that everybody wants to get out right like like no like no one would want to possibly live there and like all the shots of it are really uh stark looking um but but in the end it's kind of interesting that like the communist guy isn't like i mean he's kind of a bad guy but he's not like the real bad guy like like the communists and the and the westerners can agree but the Nazis are the, are the real people. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, so I, I, well, and they gave, they let him give a little speech about how, like, how he was a true believer in the cause and stuff um, when he was trying to convince uh, Harry Palmer that that he was actually going to defect. Um, he's like, I, I was a good party member. I was a good communist. So Slugworth was the guy that the commies were after and Michael Caine didn't like him either because he's a horrible person. And they just go into East Berlin, kill somebody in an apartment and then stage his funeral and then switch the body. So they just killed some person. (laughs) Innocent old man. Some guy. They just murdered him. So he's like, didn't deserve to live. So (laughs) it's like, okay. I guess the communist one on this one. <laughs> but at least the Israelis got their uh, their millions of francs or whatever from that Swiss bank. Makes me feel happy. We won. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mary, let's hear your notes. All right. Uh, at the beginning, there's lots of big hair. I noticed that. The- very 60s big big pair uh the two two worlds we talked about that that was cool just seeing that them juxtaposed it'd be interesting to find out how much of it was was actually east berlin and just crane shots and zoom ins of, of the, those neighborhoods or whatever and yeah where the heck were all the people like <laughs> like empty streets um the music i wrote this in the beginning before the meter part uh, the music felt like it was a comedy. Like, I, th- that is a that is a thing that bugged me about this movie, and I'll get to this. It it did. I felt like it didn't know what genre it wanted to be. It was like the music felt comedy esque in the beginning. There's some silly things about everything that I don't know. Um, was the audio? Did the audio feel out of sync for you guys? No, it looked okay. It sounded okay to me. Maybe it was just the uh, the German or the Russian guy. Uh, maybe like I think they dubbed him yeah, or probably. like did a did a another audio take on him. It just felt off. Um, Batman suit. I, he said inflatable Batman suit. <laughs> I don't know. 
I don't understand the like muscles. Maybe I don't understand the inflation part, but whatever. Um, maybe this is just coming from because it it felt like they wanted to make a double set, like a, a James Bond, right? Like it felt kind of like that because there's so many parts where it's like it didn't take itself that seriously all that much. But then sometimes it took itself very seriously. Like it, I couldn't. It, it, okay, and and because of that, it made me want to think it was Bond. And maybe that's just me because I don't, I haven't, I haven't dove in, dived, whatever, into this genre a ton, right? Just like whatever is popular or whatever uh, that I that I've come across lately, right? Um, so he felt so stiff. And zero swagger. No. And it, no, no, no. It was, it was what are you talking so, about? He was a freaking robot half the time. And then the other half was like him being cheeky. Like, it, it, oh, yeah. I couldn't. He was great. He's not a robot. He's just playing it cool. Yeah, he's Michael Caine. Oh, no. Sean, Sean got it right when he said he was charming. He was great. I liked no. him. <laughs> no. I did not. Okay. Uh, Hold on. Push I mean, pause. I, I also wasn't convinced that he was like some ladies' man or anything either. Like, no, definitely I think, not. I think Chad kind of had it right. All right, everyone, look at the camera and smile. Three, two, one. I don't know if I was looking at the camera. I wasn't. Oh well, that's a keeper. <laughs> <laughs> All right, keep on going. You know, he, he said he wasn't a ladies' man, but he tries yes, really which... hard to be. Like he Which just I've... actively stares and flirts like nonstop, which is hilarious. He's yeah. great. <laughs> I really appreciated uh, him. Go, who did he talk to? I forget. Maybe the police chief guy. But he's like, "Do I look like a ladies' man or whatever?" He said, uh-huh. "Like, do I look like a guy that could just like end up with a." really hot model yeah, at the like, end of the day i didn't pick her up she picked up me <laughs> like do i look like someone that this model would pick up <laughs> i thought that i thought i thought calling that out was 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 good i like um, his glasses i think i want some horn room glasses like that I, I was surprised by the the call out for that to the shadow for that in the trailer the trailer is hilarious when <laughs> we watch that <laughs> um yeah so uh the the girl gets burgled, which is the the funniest word ever. It's just <laughs> a ridiculous word. The girl gets burgled, and then they're like, "Okay, let's make love, like, or, or let's kiss," and then cut to the morning after scene. I don't, it was, yeah, yeah. That's that's what you want to do after you get burgled. He, um, he got burgled too. They burgled each other. <laughs> So romantic. <laughs> but she was in love with him. That came out of nowhere. I didn't expect that. Yeah, that was not that was what was she just playing him because she's no. she's a spy? She was playing him and she fell in love. She had she developed real feelings. That's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> um What okay. room are you in? Are you in you're not downstairs, are you? I'm in the basement, yeah. Oh. Uh notice uh Is that a my fork? wife. My wife made a fort for my son. Very yeah. cool. Pretty cool. And there's a and baby gate? 
Yeah, uh, this keeps him. This is where I work now, so this keeps Hunter at bay, so I can actually work down here. Um, we we bought a swing set or whatever, like, yeah, like a swing set and a tower thing. And my wife was like, "Those boxes are gonna make awesome boards." So now we have this gigantic box in our in my basement. So yeah, that's that. And then we still have like Christmas boxes that need to get put. Are away. you gonna start calling them Rock Hunter? Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, rock hunter. <laughs> um, okay, so I I wear contacts. I have glasses, I guess. Um, if I lived in a world where there's no caller ID and a phone rings and there's nothing to look at on said phone, would I take the time to put on my glasses to pick up the phone and answer, like, I, I don't know. That just felt weird. That, that was, like, one little part. Is that, that the first like, scene, like, when he's in his apartment and the phone No, rings? no, it was, it was, uh, it was between getting burgled and the cross-dresser bar. Somewhere in there, that's where my notes were. Okay. Um, but that bugged me. Like, you're not looking at anything. You're, <laughs> you're just picking up the giant phone that's next to your bed. You don't need the rotary dials. I yeah. love rotary dials. <laughs> Um, the cross-dresser bar, that was, uh, that was interesting. Evidently a thing, or yeah. slash trope. It's a trope. Um, is that a trope in in spy movies, or is that a trope in that era of movies, I wonder? In Berlin, it's in Germany, for sure. Oh, I don't, just in, in Germany. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a German it's a thing. time, in that time frame, German bars had cross-dressing bars that movies loved to show. Yeah, you, the continental Europe in general. Um, so especially like France and Germany would have would have had those, uh, and it's just part of like depicting the like where they are. The the locale. Um, yeah, the unnecessary killing of an old man. Like, yeah, that was like really uncomfortable and real. Like yeah. Mary was saying, it's like a comedy, and then all of a sudden, like, oh, that's it like can't a make up its mind. murder. Yeah, and it was just like a throwaway too. Like they uh-huh. didn't address it; they just did it. Yeah, they just did yeah. it. Like, what's going on? And then they're all of a sudden they're in like this morgue, and like, yep, that's the body. And like, oh, that's oh, they're planning the funeral, so they had to like actually kill this guy to plan the funeral. Oh. Yeah, bad guys. Um. And I honestly, okay, yeah, I, going back to what um, Sean said, uh, this is also my first time seeing a Michael Caine movie when he was young, and it made me not want to watch any more Michael Caine movies when I was young, <laughs> and only watch the old Michael Caine movies, old man, sorry, old man Michael Caine movies, because his, he's just stiff. And like, like very, very dry delivery, oh, and that yeah. that works when he's a frickin' uh, uh, butler, right? Or, or or in any Nolan movie, he basically plays the same like butler esque guy, right? Or, or like Scrooge. old or old <laughs> professor or something like that, right? And it works so well, but when he's young, it does. It just feels wrong. I don't know. It bugged me. Um, okay, here's my over, overarching 
feeling on this. Like it didn't know whether it, the movie didn't know whether this was a James Bond movie, whether it was a Mission Impossible movie, or whether it was an Austin Powers movie. Because like elements of each of those were throughout this dang movie. And and you know what? Honestly, uh, uh, a bunch of Bond movies went through this phase too, and they were ridiculous. Like I think I yeah. think you mentioned earlier, ro- a bunch of Roger Moore movies were just like like slapsticky, and it just felt weird. Um, and maybe. And right now, like, I feel like we're in a very, any of the, the, the spy movies now are very serious and very, like, I don't know. And maybe that's, maybe that's my problem is I'm think I'm looking through that lens and not the slapsticky, weird movie. Well, know. the year before this one was the spy who came in from the cold and it's black and white and stark and there is no comedy. It knows exactly what it is. It's a John Lacar book, and it is, it is like so depressing to watch. But it's really good. I didn't want to make you watch a black and white, depressing, serious movie, but this one isn't doesn't take itself seriously. It's got, like, it doesn't know what it is. It's got Saltzman, which is the producer of James Bond. This is in the '60s where James Bond is still new. Like this is at the same time as James Bond. Before it got campy. So this is like taking James Bond, but how about we take some working class, cockney, super dry British wit and make him be a spy and it works. And it's so good. Does it work? <laughs> it does. Does it work? It does. It's a I classic. Know. I did appreciate the, you know, like, you know, it's got the James Bond's elements. It's got the ridiculous Austin Power elements. Uh, but I did appreciate the the Mission Im- Well, I don't know. I call it. I say Mission Impossible just because there's like some cool twists, and there's a bunch of twists that I did not expect, and I was surprised and delighted by those. But but juxtaposed the ridiculous the ridiculous parts was just like it bugged me. I don't know. Yeah. You can't step outside your time and enjoy 1966 with fresh eyes. Yeah, if if anything, this gives me like a greater depth to Michael Caine's current characters, where I now can see him as someone who has like aged into who he is from being maybe kind of. He's always been the same man. No, I think you're reading him backwards, where you're, like, starting from the old man and, like, now seeing the old man in the young man. Like, yeah. like I, I, I'm now wanting to see him the other way, where it's like, no, he was, like, this cool guy that, like, uh, uh, aged into who he is currently. Yeah. I'm, I, no part of his performance told, screamed cool guy to me i don't know <laughs> i must have missed that part <laughs> oh man well, man cool in the sense i mean he is kind of self-aware right and that that's more yeah. important than like just being like the world more suave Connery. in the first movie the first file he was very um what's it called subordinate he just and his his boss turned out to be the bad guy. 
and not his boss in this movie, but his boss that he had to kill in the in the first movie that he was in. And so, like, he was a lot more uh, rebellious in the first movie. In this one, he's kind of like doing what he's told a little bit more, but still like disobeying his boss when his boss comes to meet him in the morning and this having to write uh, work. We just watched uh, uh, Murder on the Orient Express mm-hmm. uh, just the other day. The new and, one? Yeah. And his personality reminded me of the the butler, I guess, uh, of of the like the the antiques dealer guy, the fake guy, mm-hmm. um, because like his personality made sense. He's like, "Well, I'm gonna die, so I'm just gonna sit. I'm just gonna tell it how it is, right?" And he like that was him in this movie. He was just he's gonna just say it how it is, and you know, screw you. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna. Uh, it, it was still subordinate, kind of a like not, not subordinate. It was still. he's still like obeying the rules but he was just like eh screw you you know as he does it I don't know it's interesting it was great thanks mayor I agree to disagree yeah (laughs) great I actually took a picture of the uh, what was it like a it was like the Lehigh sign or something and we were driving by and I was going to send it to you but the sun was in the background and you couldn't see the sign I really wish you would have uh, texted me and asked if you could stay at my house so I could uh, decline you a second. <laughs> my parents went to Hawaii um, to visit my brother that lives there. So my older brother lives in Hawaii now. And um, so we went up to Utah and my parents weren't there. So we just stayed at their house. We know the garage code. Nice. And we forgot to tell forgot to tell that Rachel's parents were going to stay there too. <laughs> and Rachel's parents were going to leave Sunday morning and my parents were going to get home from their flight Sunday morning. But we thought they were going to get home a little bit later. They happened to be coming down the street as Rachel's parents were driving, like pulling out of the driveway. And so like, who's this white car pulling out of the driveway? And so they like go the wrong way and have to turn around and my parents are like trailing them. Like, fall, like, I'm like, it was a strange car. And then we're like, and then they're like, so, uh, then in the, that same morning, we were, we were still there. And like, do you know who was pulling out of our car? He's like, oh, yeah, forgot to tell you, Rachel's parents were staying at your house, too. That's hilarious. <laughs> Whoops. Good old Connie. Connie. It's fun. So I had somewhere to stay. Thanks, Mayor. <laughs> I'm growing out my mustache, and it's like longer than my lips. And I'm just gonna see. It's an experiment. It's like how long can my mustache go? It's point. miserable. I just trimmed mine this morning because it was. It's just too much. Is it? How yeah, long? In the way. How long can you get? Like just until it like gets to the end of my lips. I don't yeah. know. Even this long, just it kind of drives me crazy. I, you have to wash it out every time you eat something. Yeah. I get the side ones that get a little long, and then uh-huh, they, like, they curl in. in. Yeah. yeah, the curl in's gross. And then, like, oh, yeah. But I I had this beard, 
and then I shaved everything. My mustache was a half handlebar. I shaved it like halfway down the chin. So it was like, and then I'm letting the rest of it grow in. So my, my mustache is like twice as long as my beard right now. And it's great. Nice. <laughs> I was getting kind of fed up and just about ready to cut my beard off. But then I was watching old Fleet Foxes videos on YouTube. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, maybe I should grow it really long and have shaggy hair. But even the Fleet Foxes don't look like that anymore. Like, oh. maybe it's time. I did a Fleet Foxes cover for my Christmas album. Mm-hmm, that was good. You did a Christmas album since the last one. That was fun. Oh, yeah, Anthony, did you hear the, uh, oh, what was it called? What song did I write? The, uh, that's great. I forget the name of oh, it, yeah, John. Corporate policies corporate policy. song. Did you hear the corporate yeah. policies? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Sean had a fun uh, Christmas song that you put out. Oh, yeah. In the video. You haven't heard the Christmas albums? No. Oh, you're not on Facebook. Chad has one from last year, too. Mine was just like, I think, 40 seconds that my daughter Phoebe's all into video, but she's not very good at it yet. So she did the video and I, I did the song behind it. We went out to the park and like got a bunch of video and instead of in including anything with our family like it's all just b-roll like just shots of nature so that was fun <laughs> i'll have to post that to the uh text I'll, I'll send you a text anthony of my christmas mm-hmm. albums <laughs> my album is three songs that are covers from other people like i don't write songs <laughs> i think i'm gonna do like another album of three songs of covers too I'm working on I'm working on three a three song album I guess those are EPs of um of old cowboy songs that's my thing right now oh yeah the newest of them is 1940 oh old cowboy songs yeah old cowboy songs it's fun they're not going to be good but it's fun not like Marty (laughs) Robbins or anything like that Mm -mm, I thought about Marty Robbins but I'm not Marty Robbins I can't pull it off yeah me and Josh Young, freshman year. We both were Marty Robbins fans. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, Hold on. That's it. Is there right? any other any other comments, Anthony? Did you have any other notes or thoughts? I I should start taking notes. I'm gonna do that. For the it takes you out of the movie, though. That's the warning I'm giving you. Yeah, it's fun. I'm, that's kind of how I'm already experiencing it in a lot of ways. So yeah. that's um, No, yeah, I, I just talked about, uh, like, the depictions of East versus West and um, the Nazis are the real bad guys. Those were my main comments. Did you like it, Anthony? Yeah, I enjoyed it a lot. That's fun. Do you know if Will watched uh, it? I don't know. Uh, I do love that the uh the russians were they played them man i love i love that they did that to them that was cool yeah colonel stock was pretty fun i like i hated that actor i hated him i like him. maybe it was just the voice of the, the I liked audio too. sync but uh but i loved that he that he played the uh the british or whatever well, that that's kind of like 
the one of the main pleasures of these kind of movies is the ways in which like there are multiple rounds of people getting one over on the other side and it's like it finally all comes together at the end where the good guys get like the last laugh yeah this was an interesting cold war spy movie because the russians weren't the bad guys i mean he was sent there because there was a russian that wanted to defect supposedly defect and he never believed it for a second and so he goes over there and talks to him but the whole time like anthony said it was really this nazi concentration camp guard that stole identities of of people that he killed so he didn't wasn't known as a nazi and and then that's how like the british were using him because they had his real paperwork they knew he was a Nazi, so they made him be a spy. And he was the bad guy. And then the Israelis were, you thought they were the bad guy because they were like following him, but they weren't. So it's an interesting, like James Bond, you have a clear cut bad guy. Like whoever it's Blofeld or the guy petting a cat, I think they're the same person. Or Goldfinger, or or somebody like that, but there wasn't like a clear bad guy in this movie. Or I guess there was, but it wasn't who you thought it was going to be. Yeah. Um, uh, okay. When was Israel like like established as a country? Because this seems like not very. It's one of the interesting things about Cold War movies is you sort of think about it as the Cold War, but it's all so in the wake of World War II and the Holocaust. Mm-hmm. Uh, and to think about how this is just a couple of decades removed from that. Um, yeah, like, most of these spies had histories of, of being in the war. They were soldiers. Right. Yeah, it is, it's interesting. I was also thinking about how 2006 was 15 years ago. And that's crazy. <laughs> That's really crazy. <laughs> 2006, me and Mayor living it up in Colorado Springs. Is that what we're doing then? <laughs> living it up. Um, I that the desk jockey guy. I don't know. I don't like what. That was another thing. Like him thinking that he could just show up at Michael Caine's. Uh, hotel and get the documents yeah. like Hallam was his name yeah he was like, just that good at that point it seemed. It was, uh, Samantha Steele yeah that, that was, was that great. was my other note it's like if you're going to be a spy don't choose Samantha Steele because as soon as they say your name it's like oh yeah she's definitely a spy uh-huh. but the, I was reading how they chose uh what's his face harry palmer because it was such a a like boring name or something like that it was in it was in like some wikipedia article about about that character and they chose it just to be run-of-the-mill boring name yeah lynn dyson the author his character in these movies is an unknown it's unnamed it's an unnamed hero and it's told first person so it's like Harry Pom- like the Harry Palmer character is the spy 
and it's told first person like he's reporting his activities from the field or whatever. It's an interesting style. It's not that great. <laughs> the car is better. Uh, let's see. They chose because they wanted a dull, unglamorous name to distance him from Ian Fleming's James Bond. The stereotypical flamboyant swashbuckling spy. Well, there's like a couple of spy novelists at this time frame. There's the car and Lynn Dighton and Ian Fleming, and they're all writing different types of uh, spy thrillers. And Lynn Dighton's more... Uh, it's more uh, lighthearted, I guess. <clears throat> Ian Fleming is like swashbuckling James Bond, womanizer. I mean, you know what James Bond is. And then the car is Smiley, is George Smiley, and he's like described as short, fat, looks like a frog, round glasses, like just like. Uh, he's he's not. Um, oh, who was the Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy actor on that? That was Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman. It's, it's no Gary Oldman. It's Gary Oldman's like distinguished. Oh, also in the seventies, they have a mini series of Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, and it's got the actor that did Obi Wan Kenobi as George Smiley. Alec. Alec Guinness. Alec Guinness. Yeah, Alec Guinness. And you, if you think Michael Caine is expressionless and dry, the seventies. Alec Guinness playing George Smiley is so much more like expressionless and dry and not funny. <laughs> but I watched the whole thing anyways because it was great. <laughs> it's on it's on YouTube, by the way. You can watch it. It's a BBC miniseries. You should watch it, Sean. Tinker Taylor Soldier Spy. I think you'll like it. I will at some point. Like it's on my list, so um, it'll happen. Who are the scenes from that movie? I think about them all the time. Like, um, yeah, we're done discussing the movie. That's it. Put a wrap on it. And now it's time for drum roll. Sean's pick for next week. Um, all right. So I have two contenders i have one i'm leaning towards i'm gonna watch anybody okay (laughs) (laughs) if anybody um objects to the first one there's no problem switching to the second so the my pick is the city of lost children which is a french movie from 1995 it was made by the guy that made amelie this was the one he did before Mm -hmm. amelie and i watched it back in probably 15 years ago in 2006 and i loved it but I don't remember like anything about it. Um, so right. the the caveat to this one is it's rated R. So I went through and I looked on IMDb at like, like the parents guide or whatever. Yeah. And so sex and nudity, it has one scene. It says several women run from a social club dressed in skimpy clothing. One of them is topless. Scene is brief and shot from a distance. So if anybody has like a zero nudity policy, We'll watch the other movie. Well, I don't think there's any French film that doesn't have at least a little exactly. bit of Exactly. <laughs> yeah, like, it's not, like, it's not on the same scale as, like, any American R-rated movie. It's just, like, they weren't trying to, like, get around those things. So they're a little tiny. And then there's, like, some violence and gore, but it seems like most of that is, like, you know this thing is happening, but the camera pans away before it happens. 
type of stuff. What's it on? Um, it's on Amazon Prime. All right. So does anybody, like, if anybody has a hard, like, no nudity or a hard no rated R movies? I am on the hard R front. No, um, no R rated movies? There's a prude. I'm a prude. Okay. We'll watch, we'll watch the other one then, which is a PG movie from like 2017 which is a g-rated animated yeah. movie it's called just aladdin. to make you feel better is it live no, action um, aladdin no so um the, the that one aladdin. is called it's called leave no trace um and it's i i kept seeing it online it came out in like 2017 or 2018 um people just saying how good it was and i'm like i don't usually like pg movies so I was at my mom's house and we needed to watch a movie. And I was like, oh, I heard this one was good. And I watched it with Phoebe. She hated it. Because <laughs> it's like, <laughs> like, thematically, it's pretty heavy. Like, there's a lot going on. It's like emotionally pretty substantial. But it's a PG movie. Like, there's nothing objectionable in it. So that one's also on, on Amazon Prime. Cool. No I'm not going to look up anything out of them. 2018. Well, I feel bad that I'm making you choose the lo- the lesser of your two. No, I'm gonna watch the other one anyway. Me too. Are you gonna? You can just watch it on what's it called? The uh, service that scrubs the stuff. I, I I that was that is an option for sure. What's that called? I don't. VidAngel. Uh, VidAngel. Do you have VidAngel? Does it still exist. I don't. <laughs> but it is. Does it? it? Is. It is the second most reviewed movie to hold 100% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Which one? Leave No Trace is the second most reviewed movie to have 100% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. How come I've never heard of it then? Yeah. It's really good. It's, I mean, well, to give you like... Movies don't have 100%. To give you an idea, like it's about a father and daughter where he's like a war vet. So it's like him dealing with being a vet and like how they interact with society when he really doesn't fit in like thematically like it's pretty emotional oh i have heard of it i think that's so it's like uh the wilder people exactly (laughs) nice cool sean all right um what was the name of the other one because i'll watch it too i really like uh, the other one is um the city of lost children and it's really, really weird. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm excited to watch that one too. But 1995 film. Are we gonna end up having like two two movies being reviewed? You know and it. And I'm gonna be I'm gonna be silent <laughs> for one of them. Yep. And under my desk, I was setting up the group chat for the cool people in movie clubs. <laughs> <laughs> it's got Ron Perlman in it. Yeah, Ron Perlman speaking French. Wait, so is it like French and I have to do subtitles? Yep. Yeah. Oh. It's really called La Cité des Enfants Perdus. That's a direct translation. The city of Black Children is the same. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, now it's time for um, recommendations. Anybody have any book recommendations for me? 
Hmm. I haven't been reading much for the past month. Anybody watch anything good? I watch Cats. I also watched Prom on Netflix, and it was great. If you, I, like, uh... if you like musicals, and musicals that love musicals, and musicals that love Broadway, then Prom is for you. Uh, I just watched a movie on Netflix. It's not great. But if you know that it's not great, then it's kind of good. Um, Midnight Sky, George Clooney directed. Oh, yeah. Um, is that okay? Or oh, I guess it's not great. Well, you kind of know. It's like a Netflix movie, and you're like, okay, I, I like this. It looked cold. Yeah, most of it's in the Arctic. But it, the thing that's kind of cool about it is it's like a post-apocalyptic movie. So part of it's like on Earth, but part of it, is in this like uh is in outer space okay and it's and it's the way the two story like the astronauts and like the lone survivor on earth like how their stories intersect it's kind of cool well i like the mandalorian i thought that was fun yeah i watched we like the second season i'm gonna watch wandavision sometime yeah i watched the first two episodes that that's an interesting show it's doing different things than most Marvel stuff for sure. And I saw that Little Monsters was on uh, Netflix, and I started it, and that's not how I remember it as a kid. You guys ever watch Little Monsters? Is that the one with Ben Savage, or am I thinking of something uh, else? Yeah, that's Ben oh, Savage. My I have such weird memories of that. Uh, I have nightmares from that when I was a kid, like yeah. Monsters Under the Bed, and no. <laughs> and it's not what I remembered at all. <laughs> I like, uh, it was like on at a friend's house, and I only saw like parts of it. Because um, like my friend, like his his siblings were watching. <laughs> yeah, I remember it being like, like it, it crossed some boundaries, you know, <laughs> that like when I was five or whatever. Yeah. My parents were like, maybe we shouldn't be watching this. Uh-huh. <laughs> it was just a little, little too naughty. Yeah, 80s PG humor can get pretty uh, uh-huh. not for kids. Like, what was it? We were trying to watch, I think it was Pretty in Pink. And then it was like, <laughs> oh, that's this is a rated R movie. <laughs> like, Spaceballs has an F-bomb in it. So Rachel really wants to watch some old Paul Rudd movies. So we're going to watch Romeo plus Juliet. The 1995 one. Clueless? And Clueless, yep. The 1995 one. <laughs> <laughs> Glory days. I don't know if any of you guys watched the YouTube interview series called Hot Ones. Uh-huh. Yeah, I saw the Hot Ones with Paul Rudd. The, the Paul Rudd one is especially really good. Yeah. Okay, so, yeah. there's, there's one that's especially, especially good where somebody, <laughs> like, no, somebody took footage of him from that interview and mirrored it so he's talking to himself it's hilarious <laughs> it's the best thing i've ever seen all right that's a good recommend sean all red all red uh we've been watching a few uh a few tv series we've been re-watching community because mm-hmm. it's amazing and oh the paintball also- episodes are so good so great so good and we just started uh and the one Mr. where britta pretends to be a lesbian that one's really funny too <laughs> <laughs> yeah 
No, I thought you were. <laughs> um, and then uh, we've been, we just started uh, Mr. Mayor, uh, which is the new Tina Fey produced or written, whatever, uh, show. And it's been really fun. I really like uh, Cheers guy. What's his name? Ted Danson. Ted Danson. I really like him. He's great. That's it, Mayor? TV? Yep. All right. Did you see my Facebook post about Michael from Vsauce being two years younger than me? Makes me sad. Because he looks so old <laughs> in those videos. That beard. He's got does a it. Did, gray beard. In that last video, he shaped, like, he showed a, I don't, yeah. I, I watched, like, a minute of that video, I'm like, all right, I don't, I don't, I can't do this. Anymore. I thought it was a good one about time. Yeah, I, I get, I don't know. Some of his videos are too much for me. Yeah. As an industry insider, Jason has the different way that that's, he sees that's YouTube right. videos. He sees the overproducedness of, you're like, that's a gimmick. He no, just shaved his no. beard and grew it out again. No, that's not what I'm talking about. That's not what we do about, on my channel. We do it the pure way. I'm talking about just, like, like the headiness. He's, like, I don't know. You can only be so heady every single video. It, it gets tiresome. Just like, dude, just talk like a normal person for a little bit. I think the which way is down. That's a, that's a shtick, so which, whatever. Which way is down is probably the best video that he's done. I liked it. All right, that's it. Any other recommendations? I'm reading some John McCarr. I got like three John McCarr books from the library, so I'm on a John McCarr kick right now. I'm reading a murder mystery right now. Uh, you should listen to Man more Manchester Orchestra. That's all. Manchester Orchestra? Yeah. That was on my. That was the one I chose for it holds up. Have Have I oh, recommended? Yeah. That's right. That was too long ago, Mayor. <laughs> have I recommended the three body problem to you? The three body problem? Yeah. What's that? It's a sci-fi novel. It's actually the first of three sci-fi movies. I don't think so. Okay. I recommend it. On my list. It's on your list? You've heard of no, it, I Sean? I put it on my list. Oh. I have other... The last time Anthony recommended sci-fi short stories, I have that on my list, but I didn't... Dead Chains, Anthony. Yeah, those are good. Those are interesting. Yeah, I, I've started reading... So, uh, Kevin Wilson is the guy that wrote... Um, what's the name of that book I recommended to you, Chad? Um, uh, nothing to See Here? Yeah, Nothing to See Here. So, he has some short story collections, and I read one of those and I'm in the middle of the second one and they're pretty good like if you like short stories and just want something where it's fun to sit down and read a story and just do something in one sitting they're good well, guys. Yeah, I read all the time but I don't think most people would like this stuff that I read. so I have to like dig back stuff that I really read usually you writing anything Anthony? yeah writing is going really well I'm really disappointed that my writing group never came together. 
it's like the biggest heartbreak I've experienced in the last several months. Mm. Yeah. I believe you get shut like the COVID shutdown, but it turns out like people are still really busy anyways. <laughs> like differently busy and sometimes more busy because of it. Like all of a sudden you're a teacher instead of sending your kids to school. <laughs> yeah. We, we are giving in finally. Oh yeah. Going back to in person. And so there's no giving in in Las Vegas. There's still not in person. Wow. They're, they're only doing elementary school since that's a little safer than me. Henry's doing, uh, Henry's doing junior high on his computer up in his bedroom. Can I just say that that is weird that Henry is in junior high? So weird. That's weirding me out right now. Yeah, Rachel has shaved his mustache a couple times, and so she's like, Chad, you need to teach him how to shave his own mustache. (laughs) (laughs) Because his hair is so dark. He's got, like, Rachel's dark hair. Yeah. So, like, the, the, uh, you know, the 12-year-old gross... Yeah, long, dark mustache. Sixteen, though, that I'll be able to have like a full beard. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> exciting. Like Henry's gonna have facial hair, more facial hair than I do, because it's gonna come from like Rachel's side of the family, where those guys are like beards down to their chest hair. <laughs> like, um, there's there's yeah. no separation. You have to like choose where to stop shaving your neck. And where to let your chest hair start. <laughs> I couldn't imagine that. Gross. <laughs> um, uh, Chad, you're the, what's funny about your kids is they're all boys, right? So uh, it's Rachel, I'm, I'm sorry for Rachel, but uh, the fact that none of them look like any of the other ones. It's so funny. They all have their different look. It's, yep. it's awesome. It's hilarious. Yeah, that's funny. Especially the first two. Henry and Owen don't yeah. look anything alike. Mm-hmm. After all, that, they get a little closer to, a little closer. to Owen. Cameron, yeah. and, uh, Cameron and Paul, the last two, are kind of... No, they're not, they don't look anything alike. <laughs> yeah, funny kids. All right, that's it, guys. Any songs? Oh, should I put a song on this episode? I was thinking that one of these times we're going to make uh, a movie club that's not recorded, and then we can say anything we want. <laughs> Are we Are really we not already back? doing that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> This is it, guys. This is this is uh, we're not that risque to begin with. <laughs> yeah. For for the for the zero people that listen to this podcast. <laughs> well, that's fun that I haven't heard of both of Sean's. Oh, I guess I heard of Leave No Trace, but I wasn't ever going to see it before, and it never shows up on any of like my scrolling through Amazon Prime. Even though it's like a PG movie on Amazon Prime, you said it would leave no choice yeah. was on Prime. Uh huh. That was one of those ones that I was like super deep in Amazon Prime and not seeing anything I wanted, and it's like, why was this not recommended to me? Like, uh-huh. all of the movies I would actually like are at the bottom of the list. I don't know how their algorithms work, but 
It's funny how they just recommend like musicals and spy movies to me. I don't know why that is. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. There's some really campy spy movies in like the sixties and seventies that Austin Powers made fun of. Or parodied. Alright guys, anything else? I move that we adjourn this meeting. Anybody second? Can we when are we meeting again? Oh yeah, it's playing. Ah. In February. Oh, let's look at the calendar. Open, 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 open. <laughs> I have zero plans. Yeah. What are you guys doing next weekend? <laughs> you guys have a holiday on Monday? Huh? Wait, yes. No. I forgot about that. I do. I don't have to work in rice. That was nice. I don't care. Sean, name a date. February 13th? 13th. Yep. 13th. Not the 13th. The 20th. Or the 6th. I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't care. What do you say, Anthony? <laughs> Any preference? 6 or, tw- or six or 20? Wait, Anthony, what did you say? The, not the not, 13th? Yeah, not the 13th. 6th, then. Six, Sean. All right. That's like in two weeks, isn't it? Who cares? Three weeks. My birthday's on the 29th. It's going to be so fun, guys. Guys. Yeah, January 29th. What are you going to do? That's going to be so fun. Well, I'm going to be 37. Well, I have a traditional birthday party that I do. Are you going to make the questionnaire? I'm going to make the quiz. The most about you? Yep. The the winner of the quiz gets a Taco Bell gift card <laughs> for five dollars. And I've already written I've already written the quiz. Did I ever send you that quiz, Sean? One of those years? Yeah, I've seen a couple of them. I mean, it makes I'll... me realize I don't know a lot of the details of your life. No, I, nobody knows these details. <laughs> it's like what my shoe size is and things like that. How much do I weigh? How much do I contribute to my four hundred one k? oh man but this quiz i put some multiple choice answers on there so at least it gives people a fighting chance to choose rather than writing something out of the blue like what's my favorite alias i use when i go to fast food restaurants (laughs) the answer is reggie by the way (laughs) order for reggie that's me (laughs) The, um, oh yeah, okay, so birthday quiz, Little Smokies and Nacho Cheese, but not mixed. It's just Little Smokies and then also Nacho Cheese. Like dip the Little Smokies? No, you don't mix them. them. That's why I said not mixed. <laughs> There's chips and nachos and then Little Smokies too. Um, okay, uh, I just bought Little Smokies probably for the first time ever. Yeah? And, and we did the uh, pigs in a blanket style. Yeah, with biscuits? Yeah, they're all right. But yeah, you gotta uh, use your croissants so they're extra greasy. We did croissants. Um, but now I have a half package of little smokies. Bring what them do you down. suggest? Bring them down. Twenty nine. What do you say? What are you gonna do with them? Well, that you, what do you, you know, like? Oh, I'm gonna make uh, the pigs in a blanket. 
Oh, okay. Classic. And then, maybe a little bit of Uno. And then, GoldenEye 64 tournament. Nice. And that's it. That's the party. Nice. <laughs> I remember playing GoldenEye at your house up in, where was that, Riverdale? Yeah, in Riverdale. That you lived? Yeah, and I was just so frustrated because I used to be so good at that game, but no <laughs> shooters have those controls anymore, so I was just getting stomped on. <laughs> it's horrible. So anybody want to come down to Vegas in two weeks, you can camp out and attend my birthday party. <laughs> Friday the 29th. Nice. Is anybody else already 37? Or will Chad be the first to the group? Chad's the first. Yay. Mm. How old's, when's Paul's or Will's birthday? Paul's is March 10th. Uh, March Will's 10th. not till May, I think. They're all born in 84. All right. Uh, yeah, May. So I move that uh, we adjourn this meeting. Anybody second? Second. All in favor, say aye. 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 See ya. Aye, aye, Captain.